0: As far as inventions are concerned, uh, that is, I don't, I don't, know what to say. Um, a wasp nest in a bag is not an invention. He put a wasp nest in a bag, but it's a walking trap, and that's what I think is amazing. Okay, but he he claims to be an inventor. He just he put a wasp nest in a bag. Yeah, but he the invented- scorpion on the stick. I'll give him. Hey, you know what though? He did have to tie a scorpion <laughs> to a stick.
1: Welcome to Monsters and Multiclass, your weekly Dungeons and Dragons fix. I'm Kevin Odey.
2: And I am Jared Bornable, And I'm Will Melvin.
1: And we'll be hanging out with you for the next hour to talk about anything and everything D&D related. This week is the Cleric Sorcerer Multiclass, and then the Cobalt from the Monster Manual and Bolo's Guide to Monsters. So pull up a
2: chair and listen up. All right, so this week our Multiclass is the Cleric Sorcerer. Uh, Clerics are... Holy divine agents uh, given spellcasting abilities from a god. Uh, full casters, uh, sorcerers are usually born into the role. Uh, there's a few other ways to get these magical powers, but uh, it's it's a lot less stable and trained as a lot of the other spellcasters. Also, a full caster though. We've at least got that. They're both full casters. That's always a good start. Any other first thoughts? The
1: one's a wisdom caster and the other's charisma caster, which I never really like how they don't line up. That's a little messy and hard to deal with.
0: Not to mention we are also looking at probably the only caster in the game that does have a martial focus. Uh, The cleric, it's not explicit. My character in our current campaign really doesn't do it, but it's always on the table and they're an armored caster. Yeah,
2: right. And I, I think most of the subclasses, use some form of uh, like at level eight you get your weapon damage does an extra 1d8 of something um most of the time it's weapon attacks there's a couple that are cantrips they're only cleric cantrips um mm. but actually i think their damage cantrips do line up sorcerers are usually going to take something like firebolt ray of frost um they don't get told the dead which is an amazing cantrip um so that's not a huge problem uh, I guess just jumping into it, any subclasses or well, the
1: divine soul sorcerers, the really obvious one. So the, the soul <clears> sorcerers <throat> thing, as you kind of said, it's sort of comes from birthright. Yeah, pretty much. A lot of times. Um, yeah. Or just the, the, the powers are given to them through non-direct means. Um, yeah, through a bloodline, tapped into some sort of crazy magical power at some point, anything like that. The Divine Soul Sorcerer is there's some sort of link to a divine creature or entity. Um, and then the Cleric is obviously, they are such devout worshippers of a god, the god bestows powers upon them. So there's that really obvious connection there. Um, you don't really need to jump through hoops to justify that or anything. They're a Cleric to a god who has such a strong connection or maybe through birth of some kind, like the avatar of this God has some children on the material plane. And right. They, they are the next one in that line. Yeah. So they they kind of have some of that ability. And also then just from being a cleric to the God, they have the additional power bestowed upon them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of what I was coming to as well. Uh, for example, the, uh, the dragon sorcerer, uh, That one kind of works in the same way where it's specifically related to your bloodline. Uh, Maybe somebody generations back made a deal with a dragon for some crazy power and that's since passed through you. Um, And I can see that lining up with uh, basically you're you're already chosen in that sense. And then a a god recognizes your potential for power Mm -hmm. and gives you holy power and chooses you as his or her whoever's holy warrior to uh, uh, carry out their will.
1: Yeah, especially with the dragon one. Though. There are specifically gods of dragons. Right. So then you're just a cleric to one of those, like to Bahamut.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I was trying to think over is uh, there's the cleric subclass, the Tempest domain, mm-hmm. uh, which is specifically toward, like leaning towards lightning uh, and storm Thunder. magic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you could definitely do like if there's any type of lightning dragon god i honestly don't know if there is off the top of my a head storm
0: god there is definitely there's a storm, a storm
2: god. god yes but is yeah. there a storm dragon god
0: storm dragon god um i don't know if well, there
2: is and honestly i didn't look into it there's tons and tons of gods i mean there's like blue
1: dragons which are all lightning and i, I don't know specifically you could also just make one up <laughs> yeah you can always <laughs> um, just make one up that's but why. there's also that the storm just sorcerer. make up
2: god yep also the storm sorcerer so that,
1: that, that's kind that, of the obvious one there i think with the tempest domain cleric in the Storm Sorcerer. Um, unfortunately, I'm not a huge fan of the Storm Sorcerer.
0: It's pretty limited. Uh, it focuses on lightning spells, and there just really aren't that many.
2: Yeah. No, unless you go Tempest Domain, one of the nice things about Sorcerer multiclassing with other spellcasters is the sorcery points are not limited to uh, Sorcerer spells. Right. So any of your spells you can sculpt in, in ways with yeah, your uh, meta magic. Yep. Thank you. Um, so that's really nice. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, uh, AoE cleric spells that I could see you, uh, benefiting from protecting your specific people, your, your cleric friendlies. AoEs, uh, cleric for the Tempest, for the Tempest oh. specifically, oh, yeah, they okay. get thing like, uh, um, I mean, even just Thunderwave at, at earlier levels can be yeah. kind of hindered when you're up in the fight and you're three of your companions and you're like, well, I don't really want to attack them. So let me find something that's a uh, right. single damage instead. Um, but the, the Tempest domain just gets a lot of really good spells in general. Uh, and it just fits really well. Flavor wise. Uh, you can max out your lightning damage or thunder damage at, uh, what level is that? I think it's just your, Oh, there is thunderbolt strike. No, that pushes things back. Uh, destruction wrath that's it your channel divinity lets you roll max damage on your lightning or thunder damage uh for just a use of channel divinity so i mean you're that's a really good mesh there right which you can just make even more powerful with metamagic potentially twinning it or something um can you twin lightning bolt no no it's a single target or how does it work?
1: Twin is, yeah, only single-target spells. So you cannot twin AoEs or two lines of lightning bolts. That would ha, be cool. But it
2: would be really cool, but yeah. that's okay.
1: Um, one thing, though, the you could uh, do twin resurrections.
2: What? Yeah, you can twin <laughs>
1: revivify, twin raise dead, and it's still only going to cost one material component. Ooh. So that's pretty cool.
2: <laughs> is there... Is, does twin um, scale at all, where, like, you need to have... Uh... Like more sorcery points if it's a higher level spell. Yes. yeah, I okay. So. I think and that's pretty reasonable. <laughs> Why wouldn't it? Right.
0: Um, Every time one of your party members die, you have to kill another one just to like make it worth. Make it a two for yeah. Yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, not gonna stabilize him. He has to die. We gotta make the most out of this diamond dust. And then um, also you have distance spell, so
1: you could double the range of spells. Or if it's a touch spell, you could cast it with a 30 foot range. There's right. a lot of cleric spells that would benefit from your that. wounds
2: yeah is one specifically that yeah, i can and then resurrections um a lot of buffs mm-hmm, which I could see then linked wounds if you're doing uh any sorcerer I can't think of one right off the top of my head that would pair well with life domain, but if you are going that that healing one that just being able to cast cure wounds from thirty feet away is just infinitely useful yeah so much stabilization going on getting <laughs> people up from being unconscious, yeah, oh, you could twin cure wounds as well you can't do both because yeah. you can't meta magic both right um, or you can't use two metamagics in one go um, but that could be extremely useful that that makes a uh, healing word a little less enticing because that's usually the good way to heal everybody at once but right
0: healing word also does have the bonus action thing going for it but then yeah. you could
2: also quicken
1: Cure Wounds. Well. <laughs> you're not going to twin it and extend it. Yeah, you could just do one of these. If we're but
0: not, not following the rules, yeah, we can twin it, we can extend it, and we can quicken it so now you have a bonus action 30-foot Cure Wounds on two people. Yeah, and, that sounds
2: about reasonable. And you cast it subtly <laughs> so nobody can tell you're doing it. Because
1: that's important.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh,
1: uh, but yeah, quicken when you cast a spell. That is a casting time of one action, two sorcery points of the bonus action.
2: Uh, so this is totally unrelated to uh, the Cleric Sorcerer specifically, but for subtle spell... Uh does that kind of take away somebody's ability to react to you casting that spell and not use counterspell? I would think. Because it, the whole point is you're casting it without somatic or verbal components. So you get to just kind of think about the spell and it happens. I feel like it'd be a lot harder to to counterspell that. Yeah, I, I would give it like a perception check or something. But what even is there to perceive?
1: Uh If there's a material component... They still need
2: that. Okay. Have to, like, pull it out of their component pouch. Yeah. Well, or he, he would always be
0: focus. holding their yeah. focus. True. So, you know, I don't know.
2: That just seems like a really, an, an additional, a combat use of the of the subtle spell. If yeah. you're fighting things that are just constantly counterspelling you.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, um. We don't have a sword, <laughs> Kevin. It's okay. <laughs> I don't. <know. laughs>
1: Kevin's the worst. We're left because the, uh, the fighting, uh, duplicating monster that has counterspell. And so every variation of this monster has counterspell. They're having a hard time about it.
2: Yeah, completely shut down our wizard. That's fine. doesn't matter. You don't need your wizard to cast spells, right? (laughs) I feel a little bad about this because that was kind of like, it's sort of her arc. It's like
1: connected to her story. And I realize, yeah, she's kind of been hard countered.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's a hard counter is hard counter. There's nothing we can do about that. Um, We can hit him in the head. I guess it's encouraging her to play in other ways.
0: It's a wizard. <laughs> the wizard yeah. needs to find a way to do stuff without spell. What the fuck are you talking about? Kevin?
2: Or cast spells in...
0: Enclosed rooms? <laughs>
1: out of, where, if, yeah, out of range of seeing them. Um, right. Use up the reactions, use up the counter spells. So or... I, I
2: thought about that, using up the reactions, but we're talking about multiplying these things as well. So how many reactions can we actually burn in a turn? Right.
0: All of them, if you run through all of their spaces.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's just take six hits from Revenants. Oh, great! Now we can actually cast a spell. <laughs> Whew! Um, that's a an argument for a different time. Uh, so and
1: I, I, <laughs> I I do have thoughts and ideas of how she could be she could use her class in other ways to really help with this encounter. But I don't want to say anything because it's just going to kind of.
0: I have ideas give as well.
1: Away and
2: I'm not going to say them as yeah. well because
0: <laughs> we're we are in an adversarial situation. Kevin right. has escalated it. And we now must defeat our own DM. Yes. yes. That's basically where
2: we're at. Um but for cleric sorcerer, uh any like particular class synergy or the opposite? Say the, I, the only
0: class synergy that exists here is enhancing magic. Sorcerers are great yeah. right for enhancing magic. Right. And this is probably the best uh, full caster combo with a sorcerer, in my opinion. Um, as far as just uniqueness, you get yeah. The cleric, the cleric is a totally separate uh, list of spells. They're mm-hmm. kind of like the druid in the same way; they are just completely uh, different than the other guys. Right. And this one gives you access to cleric spells, gives you access to the wizard, warlock, sorcerer style spells, and gives you uh, enhancers. Right. So it does it does mm-hmm. synergize well. But in a very kind of meta spell focused way, not so much subclasses, not so much uh, RP wise, it's just better spell casting. Right, right. Which is why I
2: mean, I was saying specifically the the Tempest domain I like a lot just because it continues to enhance the spell casting a lot of times uh, and gives you a couple other fun things. I really just like the Tempest domain in general. Uh something like the war domain, you're just wasting your time. Mm-hmm. Um knowledge domain maybe? I mean, the knowledge domain's just never bad. You can really round yourself out as a character. You've got solid spellcasting. you've got solid everything. Uh you get that improved uh cleric cantrip, which is good. You do lose that with the tempest domain where your uh divine strike is a weapon attack. Um does the I feel like we've talked about this before. Um, the spirit weapon, does that count as a weapon attack for the clerics? I know that's a a pretty common spell to use in
0: the sense that it gets that bonus. Yeah, I don't think so.
2: I don't believe so either. That kind of seems a little bit silly. It's a melee spell attack. So I
0: said, no. Okay. And that's, uh, going back to that, the only, a lot of casters do have a, uh, melee component to them. Uh, sorcerers and wizards are kind of the exception. They really don't. Uh, The only exception to that is the giant soul, but you really only get that big feature at 14th level, which is just way, way out there. And which feature is that? You can make yourself large. Oh, yeah. Which is not the best thing in the world, but it does have some bonuses on your melee weapon attacks and your hit points. Well, we're talking about 14th level in an all right subclass just to kind of get any melee utility out of the class at all. And at this point, looking at it, it really, you do need to be just full, full spellcaster. Right. You are losing out on the clerics. uh, Holy warrior kind of thing to be more holy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. One thing that I I like about these
2: combinations, especially with the uh, draconic bloodline uh, is you you can stick to elements pretty well actually because the cleric gives you a, a lot of different options for for mm-hmm. sticking to to those like if you want to do the the light domain and a, a
1: lot of fire yeah, yeah a lot
2: of fire stuff um a uh let's see what else cold man eh, not so much uh
1: the, i think the nature domain lets you pick
2: does it let you pick cold damage ever or just what type of ele- oh yeah you can you can divine strike some some cold damage mm-hmm and that's still weapon attacks. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I can't think of a reason why if you did multi-class this way, you would really do any weapon attacks, which takes away a lot of those 8th-level uh, cleric abilities.
0: It's yeah, it's really yeah. hard to pick a uh, decent cleric uh, subclass because they just don't synergize that well with this stuff. I mean, yes
2: and no. i, I say, like, a couple of them really do. I say, as long as you get that eighth level bonus to your cantrips, you're fine. Again, sorcerers just don't have.
0: But that's only one subclass. Is it only one of those? It's knowledge I it's
2: and light.
0: I think it's knowledge and light. Both so light domain that. works. Knowledge works. Everything else, less so. Yeah, I mean,
2: let's see if you want to no. do the uh, the trickery domain and a green no. dragon. <laughs> no. <laughs> Alright, probably not the best, but yeah. you know, both poison damage. <laughs> <Yeah. Woo. laughs> I know. Not exciting. Um The
1: Divine Soul, they have empowered healing. Which where you could re-roll, like if you rolled a heal someone, you could re-roll. Spend a source point, re-roll any of the dice. Mm-hmm.
2: clerics heal a lot. Yep.
1: Generally. Yep, so. definitely
2: very good. If you do the life cleric with that, um, what level does it just max out healing? I think that's something high, like seventeen. Yeah, 17th, you just roll the max every time if you do yeah, any healing. So. so that's unimportant. You're not yeah. going to get to 17 and three levels in Sorcerer. Right. Um, but that does make me think, is there a level that you would want to dip into Sorcerer? Because I feel like a lot of this, you're kind of just... Uh, uh, well, for a lot of it, you're holding back your Sorcerer because they do just get really good. They get more and more meta magic and just continuously better. Whereas Clerics, I don't think you're missing out on too much at high-level cleric spells. Hmm. Um. Three-level dip into sorcerer, so you get up to your
1: mana magic. Okay. You don't have a crazy amount of sorcerer points, but enough to work with them. Mm-hmm. And then take wild magic. I always like... I think a lot of people hate on it, but I think wild magic's really solid.
2: I think we've talked about this before. That's yeah. fine, though. You can keep on going.
1: Yeah, subclass. Um. Like, so the wild magic surge when you cast a... Is it just a sorcerer spell? I think it's any spell. Just a Sorcerer spell. Yeah, there's a chance okay. of rolling on this Wild Magic Surge table, which you roll a D100, you get a random effect. Um, majority of them are either positive or neutral. There's just a couple bad ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool. And it's also just adds some fun to the campaign. Everyone gets all excited when that comes up and see what's going to happen. And, right. And then Tides of Chaos is great. You get it right at first level as a Sorcerer, a Wild Magic Sorcerer. You can uh, give yourself advantage on uh, one attack roll ability, check a saving throw. Uh, then you must finish the long rest before you use this feature again. Alternatively, the DM can just tell you next time you cast a spell, you're rolling on that wild magic search table, but then you get your tides of chaos back.
2: We've talked about this before, and like as much as I really like that ability, I really hate that it puts something on the DM and leaves it up to chance. Yeah, Instead and that's the
0: it, point of the class. That's why yeah. it's a little frustrating. It's, right, right. Just so out there. Yeah, so
1: like with Tides of Chaos, I've played one once. Um, you weren't the DM for it. I don't think... I, w- I would almost um, work out something with the DM. Like kind of kind homebrew it a little bit. Just work out a set of rules where, all right, once I cast Tides of Chaos, th- this will happen. Right. And then I'll have to roll a wild Magic surge after the second spell, or you, you can even do whatever spell if you really want. Right. Um, and then I get Tides of Chaos back. Just so it's, it's known. There's no contention or friction they're building with the d i was like come on why won't you let me roll it and get that back it's like well i think you've had it too much it's just it's all worked (laughs) out beforehand
2: you've
0: had enough buddy
2: (laughs) well that actually does i mean bring up a good talking point what seems like a reasonable metric i mean i I think something like potentially roll a d8 and that many rounds later you can get your tides of chaos again like you have to roll on the wild magic surge right that's something that you could do um or maybe there's a different die d6 i feel like a d6 might be better there um is there any like anything else besides just roll a die and that many rounds later you or, have to roll in the wild i wouldn't so much surge. do rounds because it's based on casting spells okay um i would do a d4
1: and then that's that many spells later so if you roll a four you've cast three spells
2: like like a normal and then on the fourth spell i think as a dm i'd also just keep that one behind the screen and just, like, agree so, with the player beforehand, say, I'm, yeah. after you cast a spell, use Tides of Chaos, I'm going to roll a D4, and I will let you know when the next time is. that it happens. But that's, like, yeah. the consistent way to do it. Yeah. But uh, it's just, you know, you need some consistency to it. Otherwise, it just feels dumb. You know, because then the DM can just say, like, well, oh, I don't want you to have advantage now. So you don't get it. Like, that's not right. Right. Because it just takes away the randomness of it. It just... For a random class, you're putting it on human intervention.
0: And I think that's the challenge of a good DM is to make it fun for everybody. Um, Getting your characters to use their abilities and stuff like that, but also balancing it. And, you know, you can – the DM is one of the – this is one of the few instances where the DM can screw up your character. Right. So – And that's – again, I don't like that. I don't want the DM to screw up
2: my character. I want to screw up my character. (laughs) I do a plenty fine job. Screwing up my character. Um, <laughs> one thing that does suck with multi-classing out of a sorcerer is that they get just such a great level 20 ability. I know, the mythical 20. Um, but they get to recover sorcery points just like every time. they uh, Is it a short rest, I think? I think I thought it's it was at the start company.
1: of a fight. If it you it is, is. have it's, none, you get like three or something like that. Which is a
0: very common capstone, but that's a really good capstone. It's a short rest. It is a short rest. Is you get, it? Yeah.
2: So you get four sorcery points recovered uh, on a short rest, and it's it's not okay. like it's not if you're out because I believe that's the monk key ability is right, you start that's a fight. if you start a fight and you're out of key, you get four. Uh, oh, this is yeah. saying that you know on a short rest, even if you've only used you, know, you use sixteen, boom, you're back up to twenty. That's great. It makes it so you can just always use your your sorcery abilities. Right. Um, so if you are going deep into sorcerer, you're definitely going to be losing out on that. Whereas a small dip into cleric gives you access to some healing spells. Eh, there's better ways to get those. Um, like the divine soul. Sorcerer. Exactly. The divine soul sorcerer is going to be much better. So if you're just looking to heal as a sorcerer, go divine soul. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would actually, here's here's what I'll say. I think that the Divine Soul Sorcerer actually combines very well with the Cleric. Mm-hmm. And this is, goes kind of counter to the double dip thing we always say. You should probably avoid if you're multi-classing. But so many things in both these classes are Sorcerer Spell or Cleric Spell. Right. When you go Divine Soul, as a Sorcerer, you can now take Cleric Spells. So you don't have this entire repertoire of spells that are no longer getting your bonus or usable in this situation you can be just a really 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 crafty magician cleric
2: yeah and that's that's definitely fair i think one of your your limits there though is that uh you can only take cleric spells uh that you're the appropriate level four so you're only gonna be getting level one level two cleric spells until level five i believe yeah level five is when you get third level um so it just takes a while to really ramp up And you're you're holding yourself back From getting those higher level sorcerer spells Or cleric spells if you're doing it the other way uh, And you get a very Wide berth of Of low level spells I can choose any low level spell I want But honestly I kind of just want Call lightning
0: Yeah
1: mm-hmm. it's This is one I would say If you have a really cool Backstory role playing reason to multiclass them Go for it because they're very different and both having these powers both affects your character mm-hmm. from being a sorcerer and having that innate talent from whatever connection you have to the world. and being the cleric and the devote follower of a god, they have huge implications on how your character acts and interacts with the world and they'll shape how who you are. So, you know, so what, go for it. But and, you know, mechanically, what, I, I feel like they just kind of dilute each other. I totally agree. Uh, Sorry, I kept cutting you no,
2: off. No, you're fine. I was trying to cut you off. Uh, so <laughs> uh, this uh, brings up a, a race that's almost too on the nose, the air Yep. It's almost too perfect. Uh, so it's even charisma and wisdom as your your modifiers. <laughs> yeah. And making them the divine soul mm-hmm.
0: sorcerer. Divine yeah. soul. Life, oh, come on.
2: Man. Yeah. That's what I'm like It'd be so on the nose that it's like, well, yeah, you did it. You're a cleric and a sorcerer. You're... Goal is to, I don't know, do whatever this god wants. You're now the king of the healbots. Yeah, (laughs) you're the king of the healbots. You get an action to restore hit points based on (laughs) your level.
0: And I I think that's one of the things. uh, The cleric, has, especially the non-lifestyle clerics, uh, they're fun. They have stuff to them. But with this kind of combination, you really are pigeonholing yourself as the healbot. Those twinnings, those extended the best way to use them is cure wounds you yep. know? you're now a re- you're just like a really really good heal bot and i think that is uh we probably haven't brought this up but th- this character i think would end up not being that fun to play i totally
2: agree i totally agree i mean you're yeah. sitting around it's uh you brought it up in a, a previous episode of like every Claire single Clark, turn it starts up yeah. yep starts off like uh is anybody hurt no uh okay uh told the dead you know and that's it And it's not like Cleric Warlock where you at least get a really cool Eldritch Blast out of it. (laughs) You're just like Toll the Dead, uh, Sacred Flame, whatever. I mean, it's nothing that great. Um, I guess Clerics don't actually get Sacred Flame, do they? They get... What are you talking about? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They don't get Firebolt. They get Sacred Flame instead of Firebolt. Right. Sorry. That's totally unrelated. But uh, regardless, you're you're, you're getting a cantrip. You can use a cantrip. Uh, Maybe you're a little bit more inclined to use a damage spell now because you're not... You're no longer the revive bot. You're just the heal bot. So it's like a little less detrimental. If you if you want to throw out a uh, a fireball, you can. You get fireball if you go high enough in sorcerer. Yeah. That's cool. Fireball's great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see it more as focus on the cleric. And mm-hmm.
1: with a little dip in the sorcerer to kind of get those like clutch moments where you you get three sorcery points for metamagic for when you really needed to twin a spell, quicken it, whatever. Just, you know, once once an adventuring day, you kind of have something you can pull out of your ass and save the day.
2: Mm-hmm. Which uh one thing that kind of uh, sucks, and I'll say this in air quotes, uh empowered spell is specific to damage. That's right. a, a metamagic thing. So you can't even use that for your healing to say okay i want to make sure that this one works really well oh no my healing didn't do go great let me re-roll that um i mean, you just what does it
1: do exactly it's... in power
2: spell you roll uh when you roll damage for a spell you can re-roll damage die up to your charisma modifier oh, okay so that could be really great if it worked on healing it doesn't yeah um I still won't say that this is the only way to go about it. I still like the idea of the Tempest mixed with a bunch of different sorcerer types. And it's just very lightning damage focused. Yeah.
1: A blue dragon, draconic sorcerer, the storm sorcerer.
2: Yeah. I think that's super cool. Yeah. And being able to max out lightning damage as a channel divinity makes this thing really powerful. I can think of a lot of times where that would be just blowing things away. Yeah. Or I guess that'd be thunder damage a lot of times.
0: That was a great. pun, wasn't a good one, but boo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I deserve a boo on. That is actually it is a great channel divinity.
2: Yeah, that's that's one of my favorites. I played a Tempest Cleric for a little bit and I was too new. I think I really screwed that one up. I remember you were trying to play as lawful good, and then the guide you
1: picked, you didn't look
2: into I think it that was much. Talos. I think it was Talos, and he's chaotic. Evil. Evil. Or something. He's, he's yeah. something. Chaotic neutral. Doesn't matter. Yeah, he definitely was not lawful good. No, and so we just kept it going like it was just a big joke
1: to him, the god. Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is just kind of hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to keep giving him powers. Can't believe
2: I kept playing with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> just made me feel bad all the time. Nothing's changed. <laughs> um Shadow magic and then grave cleric or death cleric. Ooh. I like that the flavor. Fits. Yeah,
1: flavorized. Again, it's almost a little on the nose. Like, yeah,
2: that's kind of obvious. But, uh, um, I mean, mechanically, I'm, nothing really excites me about it. Besides giving vulnerability to stuff, which is just a really good channel divinity as well. Right. The,
1: regardless of if you're a sorcerer or not.
2: Right. Exactly. Um, does it, I mean, the shadow sorcerer, I don't really remember liking too much out of it.
1: Shadow magic.
2: It's shadow it's magic, shadow okay. sorcerer, whatever. That's
0: it's. It. I like the flavor to it. <clears throat> Especially right, the yeah. shadow sorcerer quirks on six. You blinked once. Last week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's, I really like Xanathar doing that in general. Just yeah. having quirks for everybody. You have trouble remembering the living creatures and corpses should be treated differently. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all of them are good. Your heart beats once per minute. This event sometimes surprises you. You <laughs> 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 just imagine like, uh, I, I think that'd be really good quirk to play out role playing wise. Just like having a conversation then you just go, wait did you hear that (laughs) wait for it wait for it make everybody just like hold for a minute there's nothing nothing. (laughs) there it is (laughs) you heard it i know you did (laughs) (laughs) or it'd get super annoying really quick but uh
1: be a fun one-time gag
2: yeah (laughs) oh man um yeah i don't know it's good it's a good combo I think there's, there's some interesting things you can do from it. I honestly don't like the wild magic surge with this one though, just because I think there are infinitely better ways to tie in the, uh, the born with it or chosen or whatever, uh, right. idea that a lot of other multi classes with the sorcerer just don't feel right on. Like a, a lot of times a, a ranger might feel really weird saying you were also born with this unless it's just kind of like, starting as sorcerer or going to ranger. I don't know. Either way. Well,
1: there's the whole thing where you uh, deny that part of yourself and come to terms with it later. Right. And then with the cleric, you could be your god kind of helps you through that. Yeah. Sort of talks you into accepting that full part of yourself and everything. Um,
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The god of therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because nobody's ever used religion to get through hard times, right? (laughs) That's just a totally new thing. No, that sounds like a perfectly reasonable... Way to play that character out.
0: I just feel like the god would get really sick of you. I'm just like, hey, man, I still can't deal with this. It's like, oh, it's cool. I'm not busy. <laughs> I totally have time for you, you level seven cleric. <laughs> hey, god, can we talk?
2: Ugh, I'm so, so swamped. What is wrong now? Still worried about my dad. Oh, you're always worried about your dad. Just because
0: he was a detronic sorcerer doesn't mean you have to be all upset about it.
2: <laughs> um... But, yeah, beyond that, shadow magic, uh, you get the cool uh, howling creature of darkness. The
0: Hound of Illumin.
2: Yeah, that's cool. But, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, we got lots. Yeah, it's like, uh, I'm just trying to know. think, like, does it does it mesh at all?
1: No, not no. really. Just a fun character going back to the wild magic where I clearly oh, have God. too much love for this one. You do. Where, um, Let it die. Lawful good cleric, very devout, straight path come into contact with some sort of crazy powerful thing, ignite this wild magic in you, and you become really unhinged. And so it's just kind of meshing together this... that sort of new personality with being this lawful good cleric. Right. Yeah, I feel it. That could be fun.
0: Yeah, when in doubt, just as a DM, you can just make somebody a wild magic search. Sorcerer. You really
1: can. Yeah. It's just kind of like a safety cord to pull at
0: any point in time. <laughs> Everybody levels up, except you. You touched the sword. <laughs> you level up as a sorcerer.
1: I would like to thank too. And the player would approach the DM with wanting to do it, but sure. Forcing it on your players. <laughs> That's an interesting concept we've never explored.
2: <laughs> what was this about? A DM ruining a character? I think that might be a good yeah, time for good it. Um You know, you, you guys were saying that you, you don't really like the storm sorcerer too much. I don't know if I agree or, or disagree. I just... What what don't you like about the Storm Sorcerer? So,
1: hey, actually, the first level thing, as a bonus action, when you cast a spell, a first level or higher, you could go ten feet in the air without provoking an opportunity attack. It doesn't say you stay there. Per, uh, so how how would you play that? Would you just come back down immediately at the end of your turn? Would you fall 10 feet and take 1d6? No, you can fly
0: damage? 10 feet. That's, that's how it is.
1: Up to, oh. oh just no, just in any direction. Yeah,
0: yeah,
2: doing so allows you, you to fly 10, to 10 feet. You get a 10 feet fly speed. Right. Which is pretty
0: limited. You're usually going to use that to back off. But once again, 10 feet is not exactly putting you out of danger. You can yeah. also
2: use it to get a better angle. If, what are you talking about? If you are trying to cast a spell, there's like somebody in front of you. You can fly up in the air, and now you can cast your spell without... Uh... But you're not going to
0: be up there the next round.
2: Oh, it, no, wait, you no, can no, no, do it no. before. It says before after. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. okay.
0: So sure, you right. go up
1: 10 feet, cast your spell, come down. Now, or 5 feet, because if you go up 10 feet, then you're falling and taking damage.
2: You're not taking damage.
1: <laughs> you are. No, you have 10 feet fly speed, so it goes away at the end of your turn. If you fly up 10 feet, your fly speed ends you fall. This was really
2: poorly written.
0: How about you fly up yeah. nine feet? Because
2: I, I think that's rules as written. I, I agree. It doesn't say you drop slowly, but that's How about dumb. How you fly up nine feet? No, yeah, it's no different. If okay, you fine. Ever... You fly up nine feet. It's it's poorly written. Yeah. I, I would never rule it where you take 10 damage falling down. You don't... No, you take 1d6. 1d6, 6. 6, whatever.
1: It's Why? Like, let's say you're a wizard and you cast the fly spell on yourself and you're soaring around 60 feet in the air and someone dispels you. You're going to fall and have him take damage. Yes. It's, it's their fault for not considering oh yeah i need to get back down
0: but this is such a they common reaction works. no you're not dumb. gonna sprain your ankle i guarantee it that's so dumb
1: Wait, 10 feet all right we're gonna put you up 10 feet on something you jump on the ground and let me know how you feel
0: that's, uh not great but i'm gonna jump off something nine, it's, it's nine a feet gust high. of wind moves you around nine so if you
1: feet. want if you go up 10 feet this gust of wind blasts you 10 feet into the air and then it just
2: goes away here's this is like this, oh shit, i just I totally
0: counter signaling you fly up nine feet end of story it doesn't say you have to fly 10 feet, up to.
2: I need to talk to Jeremy on this one.
0: <laughs> How about you because fly up <clears throat> five feet? That's going well, no, to
2: fine, yeah. it just seems silly. Like, why would they not write something in there? Like, I don't know, I feel like it needs to be.
0: Well, if you multi us as a monk, I think you can avoid falling. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we will talk about that later. I think we did monk sorcery. What? Oh, yeah, we did. We missed that. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh Monk source were a part two. <laughs> oh, no, please. Um. Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> so that
0: one's a little silly.
2: But what I wanted to ask, I did want to ask something specific on that. How do you rule something like the lightning spell? If you go, or like casting lightning bolt, if you go up five feet, does it have like an angle? Can it still pass through like a, a line of people?
0: probably
2: i just like if like somebody is literally right in front of you your your friendly is right in front of you if you fly up 10 feet do you avoid them and can hit other groups is it just like a straight down angle i say this because it's actually come up in one of my games
0: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i i would let it happen i think that's pretty basic geometry
2: Yeah, yeah it's just it's just weird and like they don't talk about the vertical.
0: Well, it's a five foot line, right. which you have to kind of visualize as. It's like a five not, foot cube. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not the size of a hose. It right. is quite a big area right. of damage. Right, I agree. And so you can shoot it over somebody's head, I'd say.
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's fair Don't enough. do that
0: regularly, but that would kind of annoy me. Would it? If you somehow set up yourself, like, I'm always behind this guy. and <laughs> Popping up and then shooting a the lightning. It's like, stop. Do, I don't know. Do something else. Can't you just go to the right of me first? No, <laughs> this is my thing. No, man. I pop
2: up in the air. Um, then, see. yeah, heart of the story. It's it just this
1: really all limits you to thunder and lightning damage. Right. Um, so you gain resistance to thunder and lightning damage. Great. Sure, doesn't come up that much. I don't think, but fine. That that's it. It's useful. Yeah. Um. And then the second part: whenever you cast a first level spell that deals thunder or lightning damage, you could have any creature that you want within ten feet of you take that damage for half your sorcerer level. It's so little, and it's so specific of when it comes up. Like it is not obviously it's not a detriment to your character, but picking that over anything else. Like the wild magic six level ability allows you to add like one d four to
2: rolls and stuff like that. And I will say that that does actually come up a a pretty good amount,
1: but it's half your sorcerer level.
2: Right, it's not a ton three damage. Yeah, to start, but that that scales at level twenty. Yeah, you're doing ten damage every time you do lightning damage. Which is going to be every round. But
0: that's the issue. This this class is just so. There's so little to do with lightning. This is less of an issue now that more source material is out. Right. Because when this came out, we just had the player's handbook. Uh, well, not the official, yeah. but when the UA came out. Oh, yeah. Now it's a it's a little better, but it's just never going to be on the par of say the UA Phoenix Sorcerer, which is fire based. And I like I literally couldn't even take every fire spell available to me. Right. It, it, there Compared was just to lightning. so many. Yeah. And it, same with the damage, you know, being resistant to a damage type that comes up, how often? Two damage types that come up, how often? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, adding thunder there just it increases the incidence by like two and a half percent. Yeah,
1: yeah it's like the type of thing, when it comes up, it's then you're fighting something that's going to probably be resistant to all of your main things anyways. I'm thinking, right? oh, yeah, you can fight like a blue dragon, and that, mm-hmm. that resistance will be amazing. But then the blue dragon is resistance to your damage as well. Right, now you your,
2: your entire see. purpose of... Doing extra lightning damage with Heart of the Storm, it's like why? What? Are they? They're probably not resistant to thunder damage too. I think they might be. It's just okay. That's besides the point. Besides Usually, the point. if they're resistant to one, they're probably not resistant to the other, and unless they're like a, a storm giant. That's
0: the only <laughs> real saving grace to this. Is like the, I can theoretically also do thunder damage. <laughs> <laughs> what, that's even more limiting. You know? Yeah, hey, I don't know. It, it, it's got flavor. Uh, the ribbon ability, the storm guide, is great if you're on a boat.
2: Yeah which uh, uh end of list yeah well i think they're going to be releasing a uh a, a c campaign pretty soon here so really it seems like they're ramping up for it that's what the the ua everybody thinks is hinting at okay so i could see uh-huh. that um which is is cool i mean more more options always good i could do a c campaign i am doing a c campaign just not actively right now yeah yeah Yar-har. and uh blue dragons are immune to lightning I mean, Thun- totally. Yeah. Thunder, thunder doesn't
1: come into it, though. Yeah. We're saved. Lightning or thunder. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, okay. Any any other thoughts on. No, I think that's, you got a lot of fun options. That's what I, Those are my final thoughts.
0: I don't think that's true at all. I, I think, think you, you have a lot like of you f- one... for role playing. Yes. Oh, for role you playing. You have a lot of sure.
2: fun options for role playing. You have a lot of pointless options uh, for mechanics. Yeah. All right, let's talk about kobolds. Let's talk
0: about kobolds kobolds
1: that's now our transition music Ugh, <laughs> I hate yikes. it, I hate I hate bad. it. Right, this week's monster is the kobolds from the monster manual and Volo's Guide to Monsters the monster manual kobolds are exceedingly weak um, Admittedly, there's actually not much to them stat wise they come off initially kind of boring uh, and th- there's a little bit of lore but it doesn't dive into too much hints at a little bit how they worship dragons usually enslaved by somebody and they're good with traps then volo's guide to monsters came out and dedicated an entire chapter to these little lizard people uh really i think opened up a lot of possibilities and diving into the lore prior to reading that my view on kobolds was pretty neutral they're just like they're the lizard version of throwaway monsters and goblins are the green version of throwaway monsters um and so I'm actually really happy Vol- Volos kind of went into all that. And same with Knowles. They're the furry version of throwaway monsters. <laughs> From our Knoll episode, we learned there's so much more to them. And so far you could take them. Kobolds don't quite have that scope that, say, Knowles did. Where like we worked out how to pretty much take Knowles all the way up to like a third tier campaign if we wanted to. The highest challenge rating Kobold between the two was challenge rating 1. Um, but they have some interesting mechanics. But I, I think they can make really cool arcs. They are amazing at setting traps. Their their layers are intricate little mazes that everyone's really, really no one else can get through easily. Riddled with a bunch of traps that are all rigged for someone as small as a Cobalt to not trigger. Anyone else is going to trigger. They employ hit and run tactics and pepper people full of arrows when they're trying to rest and run away. And they, they could, if played intelligently and well, you could get a lot of length out of kobolds i think but it it really needs some work um also i kind of like kobolds now i got a soft spot for them i came away hating gnolls when we did that one and they're like the terrible chaotic evil just consume and eat everything where kobolds is like they're like these like quirky little lizard monsters that just their ideal life and it even states out is to be left alone to just dig their tunnels and improve their way of life and that's that they're kind of often forced into this. They they have the strong hierarchy. They have this um, idea of the tribe above all others, where they'll sacrifice themselves for the greater good of the tribe. And it's like it, it's they're listed as lawful evil, but it was hard to come away reading the chapter on them, not liking them. Um, they just kind of seem fun-loving and. I don't know it's weird I like, I like them like I want to like hang with some kobolds it's like
0: oh, there's oh. still murderous lizards but
1: yeah sort of it's it's always in self-protection They just want to be left alone
0: leave them alone Kevin you just said you wanted to hang out
1: yeah it's like buds <laughs> I like I bring up some little trinkets and like bunny meat and <laughs> I'd hang out in their layers and...
2: um yeah I mean they're they're definitely I'm uh, with you surprised at uh how much lore and how well it was expanded upon um, so this was brought to us for what it's worth, uh, oh, yeah. by Robo Gandhi. Uh, <laughs> it's a great name. Um, so.
1: On Twitter. Yeah, he yeah, specifically
2: mentioned that he hates kobolds. And he's like, I just want everybody to know how, how awful they are. And uh, <laughs> sorry to disappoint, man, but I'm I'm on Kevin's side with this. They're pretty cool and pretty versatile. This is a
0: Team Kobold podcast.
2: This is a Team Kobold podcast <laughs> indeed. We're Noel haters here. <laughs> because what a fantastic way to have a low-level dungeon mm-hmm. is with kobolds. They've got tunnels. Boom. That's solved. They've got tons of variation uh, with Volos, whether it's adding... Three new uh cobalt types, all of which are very interesting. That's the cobalt dragon shield, the cobalt inventor, and the cobalt scale sorcerer. So all of those are great. I, I really like the inventor. Um if you looked at that thing's stat blocks, um, it gets like four different things. No, it's eight. Eight, eight. different uh random abilities. <laughs> that are just so silly, and they're so fun. Uh, number seven, skunk in a cage. The kobold releases a skunk into an unoccupied space within five feet of it. The skunk has a walking speed of 20 feet, blah, 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 and it skunks people. It's, like, really small, but against, like, a, a, lo- a low-level yeah. party. I yeah, just, well, you have to fail the god save, the wretch, and... Like, lose their turn. Right, exactly. So, I mean, like, you're, you're taking something that has, yes, only a challenge rating one fourth, but every turn, it's just adding things to the battlefield that just change it drastically. Maybe not every turn. Some of them are, are less, uh, drastic changes, like the scorpion on a
0: stick. As far as inventions are concerned, uh, that is, I don't, I don't know what to say. Um, a wasp nest in a bag is not an invention. You put a wasp nest in a bag, but it's a walking trap. And that's what I think is amazing. Okay, but he he claims to be an inventor. He just <laughs> he put a wasp nest in a bag. Yeah, but he the invented... scorpion on the stick. I'll give him. Hey, you know what though? He did have to tie a scorpion <laughs> to a stick.
2: If you get me a bag of wasps, I will call you an inventor. How about that?
0: Do you actually want me to get you? <laughs> no. <a bag>? Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll do okay, it. Yeah, you, see, you know this
2: is gonna. He, he's gonna
0: do it,
1: and he's just gonna show up and leave it in your house. Hey, bud. <laughs> what's <laughs> this?
0: <that? laughs> ah, bees. Wow. They're actually wolves. wasps.
2: <laughs> different family <laughs> um so i mean i i really like the Cobalt inventors just for that every all eight of its uh, abilities are fun and just change things up a lot like uh the the grub pot that just makes a now in, an area on the map is no longer really accessible uh it's just constantly changing the battlefield changing how everybody's gonna have to keep playing uh, a couple of these, or one added to most of your kobold fights, are going to uh, jack up the the difficulty level as well as just making them more interesting
0: mm-hmm. every time. <laughs> yeah, this is a uh, it, it's interesting because the kobold inventor. We're talking about a full page devoted to a challenge rating one fourth monster. Yep, this yeah. guy is thirteen hit points. That's like one hit from going down. But mm-hmm. this is. For low-level campaigns that are really low on fun, that's
2: this is good. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's It's got so much more to it because usually these low-level creatures are are like the regular kobold where it's like, what does it do? Uh, 1d4 dagger or 1d4 sling? Meh, not exciting. Right. Uh, but releasing a skunk onto the battlefield, that's exciting. <laughs> that's the <laughs> type of fun and, and silliness that I can get down with. Um, and it does give you a really good opportunity for a low-level dungeon crawl. Uh, which a lot of times can feel limited because you don't have that enemy variation or trap variation or whatever that, you know, it's maybe too deadly or something. Um, this could also be a good time to shrink your party. <laughs> so if you start off a dungeon by having your party all have to shrink down for whatever reason, the cobalt tunnels are tiny. So you need something in the cobalt tunnels. The only way to get through them is to shrink yourself down. Now every person who is doing melee damage does 1d4 less. Right? I think it's 1d4. I think, yeah. So, I mean...
1: It, or, no, I think it just goes down a... Are you talking about the enlarge-reduce spell?
2: Yeah, basically it'd be the same thing. I mechanics.
1: think it goes down a dice category. So, like if you did a D8, you would do a D6. Okay, that's fine. I, I think. By uh, the way, it reduces physical
2: damage. Yeah. So, I mean, it just makes your party a little bit weaker. I'm not saying this could be used on, like, a level 10 party to make them find a kobold fight interesting. Uh, but if you're getting to those levels around, like, four or five, you've got a lot of ways to deal with these things. Uh, but it might not be uh, an easy fight unless you're gimping them in some way. So that's an easy way. So you need to get into these kobold tunnels. You shrink yourselves down. Now you're doing less damage, and you're just, you know, there's problems. <laughs>
1: Are you guys familiar with Tucker's Kobolds? Does that sound familiar.
2: Yes, it does sound familiar. Is that so, it's
0: an internet joke? Yeah, it was just yes. kind of like a
1: story of yes. someone's story about a D&D dungeon. Uh look it up, Google it, read it. Everybody listening, you too as well. Um Yeah. No, that's it, a it's a it's has a kind of a point of saying if you don't just focus on just throwing your enemies at them in like an open room or something, like even the lowly kobold could become really deadly if played intelligently. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, and and the kobold is perfect for that. I think there's a reason it's Tucker's kobolds, not Knowles or whatever, right? Because there's so much there's so much emphasis on their um, craftsmanship, their ability to dig tunnels and then trap it. If you really take the time to set this up well, a kobold layer I think
2: could threaten even high to mid level
1: ad- adventurers. That's um, fair
2: because you they, get the ability to just throw. I mean, beyond, I, you're, I totally agree with what you're saying. Like having them be interesting and, and a little bit more uh, complicated than just throwing enemies at them but you also just get that sheer numbers as well yeah which, which helps with it yeah
1: even ignoring that though it's like i i think if done right you should at no point be standing in a cavern or a room fighting a group of kobolds them hoping to kill you because they know they're not going to right they, they are pretty much one of the outside of like just regular badgers and rabbits and stuff mm-hmm. they are probably one of the weakest monsters out there and they are well aware of this fact they, right. they use guerrilla tactics. They use hit and run tactics. So, like, you go into the lair, you're forced to crawl and go single-file. All through their tunnels, they have slots to dump boiling oil down on your party. Yeah. Um, called murder holes, where you <laughs> you get... um, And then uh, arrow slots, where they're, like, on another side of a cavern, and can just pepper you with arrows mm-hmm. as you're coming through. And you can't get to them. Really, through any... Unless you start blowing really
2: high-level spells, like Shape Earth and stuff like that. Right. Um, right. Which is, I mean what you want as a dm yeah you're now using your resources to take care of these problems and right you
0: know you yeah. cast a fifth level spell to take care of four guys with 10 health yes exactly <laughs> yes
2: yeah
1: uh pit traps they it specifically says they can make pit traps that are raked to not fall when a kobold walks over it anybody else going down uh, maybe a gnome might be able to do it too oh no yeah. tricky gnomes yeah. tricky the, tricky yes they hate gnomes <laughs> um If you do ever encounter them, they're running away. They're going to pepper you with arrows as they're running. They're going to drop the... The inventor's going to drop the wasp nest in a bag and let loose his skunk, and they're taking off. Right. And they're
2: running through other trapped areas to get you along the way. That's a fun way to play it, too. Like, you just have a, a group of kobolds... Terrorizing an area and use the adventures like, oh, go chase them down. You start chasing them and they just lead you into their lair. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, yeah. well, then yeah. that's the thing. I don't think they would terrorize an area. The kobolds don't do that unless that's they're
0: being forced to. That's true. You said it. that. You There's so yeah. much kobold apology.
1: There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're. By themselves, a group of kobolds just truly wants to be left alone. Okay,
0: then you find out
2: that the, uh, a dragon is telling them to do it.
1: Yeah, or something There like we go. <laughs> no, 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 go
2: ruin the town or something. I don't know. Yeah. Get out of my lair. Well, no, go ransack the town so you yeah. can bring me more gold. Yeah. it's it, pretty established.
1: They're they're terrible people. Like They're terrible monsters to choose to go ransack the town. Like a guard, a standard guard is going to destroy a kobold
2: not six kobolds yeah that's true and this yeah, standard guards I mean, that, would. <laughs> that is a main feature of the kobold is pack yeah. tactics yeah. they get advantage on an attack roll if there's another kobold nearby you can't ignore that it is like a extremely important portion of them uh you know you're yeah <laughs> you're ever fighting a single kobold that's dumb it's just to like distract an,
1: you it actually gives it goes into a point of that oh. within the chapter of it um where it's saying a lot of people think, yeah, kobolds are really dumb or inflated self-force because you'll see a single kobold taking on an entire party of people. Right. And what it turns out is they decided to sacrifice themselves for the group. They're there taking on this entire party of people, fully assuming they're going to be killed as right. their entire tribe's taken off in the back. Oh Yeah. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I love kobolds, too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, they hate gnomes.
1: They do. Which is nice and funny. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's uh, that's the one thing they will come out to uh, like if they're um Did I say this on air? We should we no. should not talk about this stuff beforehand. That's why it gets confusing. I don't know <laughs> if I talked about this on air or not. You Where didn't. they would stay they can uh, most like twenty five percent of all cities have like a cobalt infant station underneath because they will be used to build the sewer system. Um like the powers that be in that town will kinda work out some sort of deal with cobalt. It's like, hey, we will leave you alone. Um, You have the safe place to live. You'll be protected here. Just build and maintain our sewer system. And they do a really good job at it. They're amazing tunnelers. And as long as, you know, no one is threatening them and being mean to them, they'll they'll stay there. And for the most part, they're unseen. Most residents are not going to know they have a cobalt infestation under their feet. That's really what allowed their town to flourish with the sewage system. But they will come out at night every once in a while. And again, trying to really try and keep to themselves because they know if they start looting, pillaging and stuff, they're just going to be driven out of town unless there's a gnome. <laughs> if they, if a gnome lives nearby, you could bet they're going to go harass that gnome. And again, they're smart enough to know, no, we're not going to like burn their house down and murder this gnome. They're going to spin in its food. <laughs> they're going to arrange dishes on a table down to, in a way that gets easily knocked over. <laughs> They'll little, um, find like a sewing kit and throw the needles all about the house. (laughs) Just crap like that.
2: That's great. Yeah. I
0: love kobolds. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I also love bullying gnomes. It's just fun. (laughs)
0: Gnomes are little shits, man.
2: (laughs) What I think is kind of funny though, is like, they're really not. Nothing about gnome lore makes them particularly annoying.
0: Yeah. You kind of have to step out of the realms of rationality. to be like, you know what? I hate that. Just, like, look at gnomes like, I don't like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it
2: says that they were tricked by, or their their god was tricked by, by a gnome. gnome so, like, it makes sense why Cobalt yeah. specifically hate them. But, like, any other group, like, isn't going to be like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Just mess with the gnomes. Like, gnomes are fine. <laughs> Maybe dwarves, but they just seem to be rude. Maybe that's because you always play a dwarf.
0: Yeah. That's <laughs>
2: <Yeah>, it goes. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. And then there's the other obvious way to play kobold. If you're dealing with a dragon in the dragon's lair, it's probably going to be kobolds. Yeah. Because they worship them. And I think that's, that's,
0: the, that's the boring way. previous yeah. right. interpretation of them. They were goblins when you're fighting dragons. Yeah. Yep. That sucks. That's dumb. Yeah. It's... Totally agree. Yeah. Like, looking at these chapters, looking at Tucker's kobolds, you do have to remember these are very interesting enemies, probably more interesting than goblins or gnolls or any of the other throwaways, and they should not just be cannon fodder in front of the dragon's lair. Right. They can be, but they, can but be. they shouldn't always be. Yeah. If you I, need cannon fodder in front of the dragon's lair, yeah, yeah sure, you're getting but, but at least
2: like make it so that they're cannon fodder who have traps, who have other intelligent things to weaken you. That's yeah. the point. They shouldn't just be like, ah, oh, look at these.
1: Or the, the mighty guards. No, the dragons. I, a dragon being ultra intelligent, that beings that they are, should know to have instruct their cobalt worshippers to trap the hell out of their lair.
2: Right, exactly, exactly. Um, any any interesting mechanics between the? I know we talked about the inventor. Yeah,
1: the scale sorcerer is cool. It's a magic user, kobold.
2: Does it get anything
0: specific that's interesting, um, or is it is just mad meta magic? It gets sorcery. It's basically a sorcerer.
1: Yeah, heightened spell and subtle spell. Hidden spell where um, you force a creature. Yeah, to have disadvantage on a saving throw, but that costs
2: all three of its sorcery points. Yeah,
1: but st- it's also challenge rating one. It's like yep, it's not going to get is. many spells. It off. is, but it can yeah. basically
2: force you to to fail it, one. It's, of It's again, it's going to do its one
1: spell and then it gets pretty good spells. Away.
2: I mean, scorching ray, that's great. Chromatic yeah. orbs, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Charm person, especially if you're going. To yeah, camp, there right? it they're is. they're trying to not directly confront people. Mm-hmm. Charm person, force the fail on it.
2: Yeah, I, I really like that. Yeah. Um, Expedious
1: retreat, of course to,
2: But again, the whole running away vibe It uh, You would also for Pack tactics still comes into play With Scorching Ray Because uh, it doesn't say a melee attack roll really? Co- Yeah, Kobold has advantage On an attack roll against a creature If at least one of the Kobold's allies is within 5 feet of the creature That's uh, So it. it's, it's it it works nine,
0: like, 9 times out of 10 That's just going to cancel out But hey, they don't have disadvantage anymore
2: Why are you saying that? You don't have to be within five oh, feet. Oh, they don't have to? An ally to... does. It's oh, like really? Rogue
0: Sneak Attack. Oh, wow.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, you're not getting too many Scorching Rays, but that's pretty nice. I like that. Yeah. Um, Especially because, you know, you're getting, I guess, six of them because you can cast that twice. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, How about this Cobalt Dragon Shield? It gets some resistances. Anything else? I,
1: I think um, I like the lore behind it. It's like every few generations a kobold is born that some has this martial prowess above every other kobold and the there's some sort of marking on its shell or something like that um and it gets its shield made out of fallen dragon scales and stuff like that and for a kobold it's really strong and powerful but it's still just a challenge rating one martial but it will have resistance to some type of damage based right. on you know what, what color it is pretty much. Um like if it's frightened or paralyzed, you could they could shrug it off and then make an attack and to cause all this to make an attack. So they could rally kobolds to keep fighting. Yeah. But that's not really what Cobalt should do.
2: <laughs> no. But but it, if
1: they're frightened and running away, they shouldn't be rallied. The running away is kind of the correct thing for most kobolds.
2: <laughs> True. It,
1: yeah, keep running.
2: Uh it does have a I know it's only challenge rating one, but It's got some pretty solid AC and HP.
1: Yeah, 44 hit points for a challenger anyone's one's kind of up there. That would take a while to take it down.
2: Yeah, and it gets multi-attack. I mean, that's just, it'd be a really good first, like a a short arc boss at the beginning of a a campaign or something. I don't know. I could see it. Yeah. I know you're like, I don't like it because it it rallies kobolds.
1: (laughs) But you know, here's um, in its lore, uncommon courage. A dragon shield knows that it has a place of honor in the tribe, but being a kobold at heart, most of them feel unworthy of their status and thus desperate to prove themselves deserving it. A dragon shield's natural kobold cowardice is still present in its makeup, and thus it might stir one away from a threat. But it also has the ability to rally in the face of certain death, inspiring other kobolds to fo- follow it in a charge against the invaders of their warring.
2: So it's it's once again uh, bringing up the. Like if you're just throwing them at somebody, yes, it would run away. It's end game is preserve its life. But if this is a start of a campaign and it actually has like a, a higher purpose, then I think that it can be a very good starter enemy. Yeah. Cause then it might need, feel the need to sacrifice itself. Uh, and maybe your party even finds out that kobolds normally don't do that. And it's like, why are these things so intent on, on killing right now? That seems weird. Right. Um, and, you know, it's it's getting directed by something, probably a dragon. It's always a dragon. Uh, or they think it's a dragon, but really, who's pushing the dragons? The, the Na- Nagpa. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Every time. Uh,
2: so, yeah, I, I agree. These are much more interesting enemies than they lead on, and the Monster Manual did not do them justice. I feel like no. it was just a matter of putting them in the game, because you need stat blocks for kobolds, but to give deep lore on absolutely everything would have taken a while. So I'm glad that Volo's expanded on it. Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited then for, for more books like Volo's, even though I, I first hated it. I hate the monsters it added. I love the lore that it added.
1: Yeah. I was gonna say at, at first we really shat on Volo's. Yeah. Frequently, but we've done so many monsters out of Volo's. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't,
2: I think it's a matter of, um, when we were looking at it, Mordecai added a lot of high-level monsters right. and gave really good lore behind it. Volos did the exact same thing just for low levels. Right. So we saw that and kind of wrote it off. Yeah. Yeah. It took a lot of the kind of gen- quote-unquote generic standard default
1: monsters that people don't think about, goblins, nobles, kobolds, hags, mm-hmm. all that, and really gave them a lot, a lot of lore to work off of them, a lot more variability and versatility and all that. Right. Um, yeah, and, and then a lot of it's monsters that we didn't do that with. They're, I think you kind of said it with the red caps, they're, they're silly. And it just there's a lot of just fun, silly monsters within Volo's Guide to Monsters, where yeah. they're kind of nonsensical, but they're fun to throw in and just spice things up. So it's just not always the same thing. Well, yeah.
0: I, that's what I said before, is really it felt very much like a kind of not so much half hearted, but it felt like Monster Manual's rejects. And what else wouldn't have fit in the Monster Manual? These books do have a page limit. And yeah. This feels like hey, this is what we didn't get around to putting in the monster manual. And I appreciate that. I yeah. really like kobolds. I really like the lore on almost everything they added at the front part of Volos. That is definitely my favorite part of the book.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean just like Mordekain's, the front part of the book is easily the best part going into devils demons and a bunch of other awesome stuff. Yeah. It, I I wonder honestly how many people skip over the lore uh, I'm convinced that
0: know. most DMs still haven't read the Dungeon Master's Guide. I Why would you need to read? <laughs> re-
2: he keeps bringing this up. It's been three years. It's crazy. It's crazy. Read the Dungeon Master's Guide. It's oh, crazy. my God. There's I'm not going to read the DMG. Um, <laughs> I have read it since since you yelled at me two years ago It's very that. good. <laughs> it's very good. Mm-hmm. You or at can, least most of it. Not all of it. You can
0: learn a lot reading these books. It's amazing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to say it, but it is one of my favorite things is just popping open any of these books and just being like, oh, I guess I never did read that. And then, boom, you just campaigns flow out. (laughs) New mechanics. Actually being able to use tools usefully. Thank you, Xanathers. All right. Any other thoughts on kobolds? They can
0: ride giant weasels.
2: (laughs) What? They can. Yeah. Wait, what? They'll, um... Kobolds themselves will
1: sometimes manage to get minions, oh. but these are like lizards and weasels. But yeah, if, if they manage to uh, get giant weasels, they can
0: mount them and ride them.
2: Well, that's probably the coolest thing I've heard all day. Yep. So, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Let's end that on a high <laughs> note.
2: Definitely, definitely. Um, one last thing. Gotta self-promote.
1: Follow us on Twitter. Give us a review. They're important.
2: Give us uh, suggestions on Monsters because we can... On uh, Twitter. Yes, on Twitter specifically. It's, yeah, um, Monsters
1: um, underscore multi. Yeah,
2: we haven't opened up our email yet. I think we'll do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just tweet at us, man. Just yeah, tweet at us. Just Google Monsters and class, where Twitter shows up. It's
1: fine. It's easy enough to find us. <laughs> yes, it is. Reviews on iTunes. I think Stitcher accepts reviews, though I don't
2: know if many people use Stitcher. I don't know. Um, I you, know our
1: limited analytics we could get do not show many stitcher plays but no sure, review us on stitcher do it both
2: we'll use some reverse psychology I, I bet you won't even review us on stitcher if you listen on listen on stitcher I bet you won't because you don't do that <laughs> got him <'em. laughs> got, got him all right so thanks again for staying uh way too long to the end of a podcast and uh join, join us next, next week. week
0: next week on monsters and multiplayer
2: Next week, we're going to take a look at the Monk Wizard multi-class, as well as Displacer Beasts from the Monster Manual.
0: Woo-hoo.
2: See ya.